how can we push this? And, you know, even trying to push the confines of the not having the most adequate practice space to facilitate those ideas. So it's just a lot to, to have to, to also put a limitation on your creativity when you don't have like the full scale or scope of things to really create the things that you really want to create. Mm. with the size group that you have. So it's all those things that have to play in and weigh in on your creativity. Welcome to the Run the Layers podcast. I'm your host, Creative Bobby. And on this episode, I am talking to my friend, the Drill Writer Supreme, Gary Bryant. How are you doing tonight, sir? I'm doing well. I'm elated to be here. Thank you for having me. Oh, um, nice to have you on. Listen, from one creative to another, I'm glad to be here. Man, it's 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 fun doing this podcast with people that I know that I'm like friends with us doing cool things out here in this world. And with this podcast, I want to kind of like just highlight creativity and like all its all its forms that it can take. And so speaking of that, like I want to start here with you, like what when you think creativity what does that mean to you and how are you using it in your life so creativity to me just means one being able to fulfill my imagination mm. and and just by doing being um i'm a very expressive person and so it drives my creativity and um with that that's just the being and an extension of me and what does creativity mean to me i think i'm answered that what was the second part i'm sorry how do you use it? How are you using it? Well, um, it's my everyday walk of life. Um, I have to use my creativity in the roles and capacities that I serve in that we'll talk about um, as a drill designer and doing other things in art. So I, I have to rely heavily on my creativity every day. Yeah, because I you know, I'm familiar with your work, obviously, and it takes it takes a lot and you're not just doing drill for just one band. Like, I've, I've you know, over the years, I've seen your work all over and like doing that and being, you know, entrepreneur and, you know, being a content creator and doing podcasts and stuff like that and building, you know, you know, and educating people on drill writing, you know, like a lot of that takes a lot of creativity and not only for yourself, but like, you know, sharing that creativity with others. Big time, big time. Uh, it, and I have so many clients that I write for, and I always have to think next. Mm. What's next? What are you going to do next? What do you want to try next? So it's always something I have to think about. Mm. Mm. So with with creating, what is what's the what's your favorite creation by you, and what's your favorite creation by someone else? You know, to answer, like, what's my favorite creation by myself? I don't know. Yeah, it's, it's hard to really define if I've really favorited one piece of work. Mm. And um, because I don't hold attachments to my work. Mm. I do and I don't. Um, they're my baby. I breathe them, create them. And when it's really time to move on, because I, I work in such a move on type of atmosphere, that we're on to the next show and I'm on to the next show. And because of so many people that I designed for, I don't really have time to like hold on or harbor over a drill like I would like to, mm-hmm. because I'm already on to like the next five or six shows after I've designed that. But if I must say, 
probably some of my most defining work that I could say I'm proud of and pat myself on the back would be the opener that we did um, a couple weeks ago in Houston. It was really cool. Uh, you know, very different outside of the box for what we do and how we typically open up a show now. Mm-hmm. And because we started with the percussion feature, which is very different for us and very adventurous, I wanted to get adventurous with the drill of the group. Mm-hmm. And so because they were not playing, it was just tubas and percussion. I could rely a lot on movement because we weren't playing. And so I just put off some, not necessarily difficult things, but it was difficult, difficult because of the speed that we were marching at. Mm-hmm. You know, typically we're like at 120 BPM and we were like at 177, 180 BPM <clears throat> marching and having to move mm-hmm. and to create the motion that we were doing in the different shapes. So I was very proud of it. Um, just start to finish of how the kids were able to grasp what was designed and the amount of time that we had to put it together. We didn't have a lot of time that we would normally spend time perfecting a show like for a Honda Battle of the Bands or something like that. This was like totally different. And having a band as young as we do and having two sets of classes who hadn't marched. So having a whole bunch of adversity and still not dumbing down my creativity to to make it, you know, make it happen and it happen. So mm-hmm. Mm. I didn't even think I had like two sets of people who hadn't marched like that's mm-hmm. like with the pandemic and everything like that's a challenge and like some people might get tempted to be like okay we have two sets of people that haven't marched two sets of two classes that haven't marched so let me dumb this down but that's actually the moment where a lot of, you need to they need to learn they gotta rise to the occasion and they have to like actually like rise to the standard because you know if they're going to be in the band they got to be able to do the things they got to be able to you know do that and I I love the outside the box because in marching band I feel like some bands can very easily just fall into a rut where they just kind of do the same thing over and over again and just kind of phone it in especially for like uh, a showcase uh, about the bands like that where you just kind of like well we're just gonna do our usual thing and then you know get it on off the field <laughs> so i like like seeing your creativity on display it um it takes a lot um and in the role of my creativity or just as a drill designer period uh, the drill designer role is is often overlooked mm. Uh, you know, nobody's at a game saying, man, who wrote that drill? Or that was da-da-da-da. It's like, man, who wrote that arrangement? Like, the joint was blowing. Or like, you know, that thing cranked. Like, people want to find out, like, who wrote that or who did that? You know, nobody's checking about who wrote a drill. Nor do I care whether they're checking about it. But the thing about it is you have so much that you have to do because unlike an arranger, you already have something that your work is based off of. (laughs) You're creating something that's already created, and you're you're making your adaptation, your create your your creation of it. Uh, we're putting your own spin on it, or you transcribe it verbatim, however you do it to arrange it. But as a drill designer, you have to take ideas from scratch, mm. birth them, create them all the time, while doing different things. Mm. You know, some people you know, rely heavy, like on patterns of motion books or those things that come out. You know, I have inspiration of, of things that come from it and I understand those concepts, but 
I like to just think of different things. You know, what can I do next? What can what can we try now? How can we push this? And you know, even trying to push the confines of the not having the most adequate practice space to facilitate those ideas. So it's just a lot to to have to to also put a limitation on your creativity when you don't have like the full scale or scope of things to really create the things that you really want to create mm. with the size group that you have. So it's all those things that have to play in and weigh in on your creativity as well. Mm. Still having to be creative. And I don't like to be a redo. And even if I redo something, I'd like to approach it different than how I did it the first time. Mm. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm the same way. I like to, like there'll be, like there's been some things where it's like, a logo or some type of design where it's like I did something and didn't work for what I designed it for at the time, but then I won't delete it because that idea might birth something else later on. So it's always like a, an opportunity to like remix it because like keep it fresh because you don't want to like just straight copy something even from yourself like you want to constantly be challenging yourself and doing different things. Absolutely. And I mean, I've definitely seen your work grow over the years. Uh, remember when you first started doing anything graphic wise, like, you know, who would have ever thought that that would be your path of what you were going to do? Like, you know, we thought you were going to be like this big engineer. I thought so That's too. Like, like <laughs> initially, like, I mean, like, you know, initially, like, and then you just got into graphics. And that really exploded for you and look at you now, you know, you're working at a national headquarters and doing like things that you probably would have never imagined that you would do. You know, look at us, you know, we were two kids that met in high school <laughs> and we're grown now. So who would think that you would be doing national publications or designing, you know, for the fraternity and sorority, or I would even be a drill designer for the band that we marched in who would whatever think. You know, when I met you, I was just probably starting writing drill at that point in time, really just getting into it. Mm. And you know, look now, and not even to mention outside of writing for the band that we march in, I write for several other colleges and mm. a multitude of high schools. And I, who would ever thought this was never a path that I thought that I was going to be doing for anybody. <laughs> never, never, <laughs> never thought that never so like doing that is there is there like a, a drill writer that inspires you or is there a particular drill that inspires you or even outside of that like what's a creation that somebody else has you know brought into the world that has inspired you Yes, and you said that, and I was, I'm glad you brought that back up because I was like, I did not answer that question. <laughs> and to think of, like, um, <clears throat> so I have, like, two sets of inspirations. You know, I have my inspirations that are in our HBCU culture in terms of drill writers, but then I have my drill writers that's in the drum corps, course style community that I look at because I, I'm very um, influenced by both. And so in terms of the creation side of like HBCU, I'm very impressed with um, Dow Taylor. Mm. Uh, you know, people credit him a lot for his arranging, but very good drill writer as well. Mm. And uh, Jackson State did a drill back in 1986 
to a Jermaine Jackson song, um, Do You Remember Me? But the drill at that time was very different from what Jackson State was doing, which was patterns of motion. You know, it was very, um, they did some curvilinear things, uh, very out the box, very different for Jackson in 1986. So that's like probably one of my favorite drills to write. Um, but I must say that I'm heavily influenced and he's a great mentor of mine, Mr. Harold Houghton, mm. who was uh, Mr. Dow Taylor's band director and a very great drill master. That's somebody that I talk to weekly and we talk drill. And so heavily influenced by a lot of what he do and just show me just still just about drill. We could talk drill, don't even have to be looking at drill paper and I could just envision what he's talking about. So that would be like just works of what he created. The Tiger Runo. I mean, you look at that mm-hmm. stuff, stuff that's still being used. And that's something that came from his genius. And, you know, he told me how he created the floating JSU, like all of that. And then I have the book of where he got his inspirations from for, for that. So just learning from him and still having him as a resource. And then from Drum Corps, he's deceased. George Zengali, um, very great drill master of mine of me uh, was the person who innovated fast velocity drill asymmetrical drill um pete emmons gets the nod for it because santa clara vanguard did it first you know more so or and took the risk for it but the cadets it was them who did that non uh the show that did that didn't stop you know the mm. complete flowing show very different and moving in the drill so um, that was just heavy, heavily influenced by him. And mm. so those like two, so like the cadets and their work, um, big big part for me, Drill, is just looking at what started it all, was, which was 1983. Um, so I'm, I'm very like nostalgic in things that I watch. I watch stuff that's out new creative wise, but I still like to take a nod and an ode to those. Mm. That's good. That's real good. That's real, like taking a nod from the old school because one thing that I've thought about and this applies to a lot of creative pursuits is how the people back in the day didn't have all the resources we have now like so like the things that they were able to create with the tools that they had then and just thinking about all the things that are at our disposal now and then things that things that are kind of taken for granted now like like you talked about the tiger run on like now people just oh that's just what jackson state does but there was Mm -hmm. a time where they never did that and someone had to create that and because that creation has stood the test of time now that is just an integral part of the the brand of the sonic boom of the south like that's what they do like now it would be weird if they don't do it like you know like creating something that has that kind of lasting power and being an inspiration to people that come after you. I think that's really cool. Absolutely. I mean, you just look at all the stuff, like you said, that person that had to create that or thinking about it and just the creativity that it took, you know, and I always look at when somebody creates something crazy, wild, you know, it's talked about at first, people may scratch their head, like, you know, what is that? What what is going on? (laughs) And after a while it sticks. And it becomes a thing and it's developed. The concept is further developed. You know, you go back to the drawing board, you like, Hey, let's polish this up. And it's like, boom, 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 boom. And then you have it. And it's what you have. So it's nothing like seeing it. And even Sam with the resources that people 
didn't have now versus what we have now. I am blessed to say that I can still birth the creation by hand on drill mm. paper. Uh, nice. That's been proven all week because the drill that I just taught was by hand, mostly. Nice. You know, I do a lot of it in Pyware, which is the software that I use as a creator. Um, that's been out, it's been out uh, for 36, 37 years now. Um, just as long as we've been alive. Mm-hmm. And um, and it's developed over the years, but before I ever was, that was in my possession, I learned how to do it by hand. So that's a trait that I'm glad to say that I still have. But that software definitely does uh, speed up time for me um, for a clean um, production of getting it done. But still, like, I'm glad to be able to have that part of me that could rest old and new, like, with making it happen. Mm. That's dope. Not, like talking and sounding like this is a podcast and not just sounding so like. <laughs> That's dope. That's dope. You're still catching me in my creative mode, like leaving straight from practice, and it's like, like it's still on. Oh yeah, don't yeah, don't turn off. Like, <laughs> uh, like, it's, it's, like it's still on. It's like boom, like came and out. It's like I still got the cap on. And I'm like. <laughs> it's it don't it don't it don't stop because you never know when something's gonna pop in your head to be like okay let me do that and i know for me i gotta write it down immediately like i gotta be like okay if i got an idea i gotta sketch it out like post haste because i ain't trying to lose it yeah but (laughs) you have to create so much and i just look at your creations and how you start on the graph and then boom it's then Boston, some metal or something like that. It's wild. It's chiseled in some stone and all of this stuff now. And here we go. That's crazy. That's wild with how things can, that started on your paper and then it's out in the world. Like what you like drill, like you see the band performing it and you know that that started with pencil and paper, <laughs> just one step at a time and then you got to go and teach it and then they got to rehearse it and then you see it perform like it's it's like a process and then at the beginning of this you talked about how like being on to the next one and I I feel that 1000% because like it's always something else on the horizon especially like if you're in a field where it's like there's constant requests of your time and energy. So you really don't always have the time to be like, wow, that was really dope, that thing I did. Cause you already gotta, like, I know for me sometimes I already feel like I'm behind on the next thing. So I'm like, yeah, that was cool, whatever. All right, now this next problem I have to solve, I gotta get started on that. Absolutely, it's always <laughs> like that for me. It's just like, okay, well, I could be writing like show number one for something, but I could be thinking about show number five. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, okay, great. I'm doing this show number one, but okay, over here on show five, like this really needs to be going on right now. Or I need like this to be happening. And I have like this thing where I will bounce in between work. So I make a get tired from working on a drill for X, Y, Z. And I'll close that down and say, hey, well, let me open up something for a high school. Change the pace, change the scenery or something like that. And it could be like, I'm designing a course style drill and I could be like, okay, but this is just a change of pace right now, scenery for me. So let me just get into that. 
So I always have to break it up. And then sometimes I'll stop in between writing Drew and I'll go and I'll watch an hour worth of videos mm. just to look at stuff. And I'll watch a lot of different things for just creative purposes. Like one big thing that I like to watch is synchronized walking. Mm. The synchronized walking competitions, I look at that. I look at the way they pass through each other and stuff like that. And then I get a drill creation and I go back and I sit down and I'm like, okay, boom. So how can I pass? If you go back and you look at the way that we drill now, look at how the band passes through things now and how we move and how we maneuver through the shape. People don't pay attention to that stuff. Mm. It's the little, it's the It's the the details. Like I was, I was talking with somebody earlier. Uh, Actually, I've been, I'd said it to some people when I was in Houston after I saw the show. And then talking to people in the office this week, I was talking about how like it was a stark difference between I think it was AT and then I think Norfolk did it too, but it was a stark difference between the bands that kept their bells to the front and moved between those bands and the bands that as soon as the drill started, the horns went, you know, to either end zone. And it's like how the band moves and how the movement affects the sound. And if you're maneuvering right and the band performs and executes it right, they get the benefit of the sound not going, the sound quality staying the same and staying quality. And then also the movement being smooth and crisp and like things like, like how, how the A&T was when we was marching is different than the A&T now like and and the evolution of the field show and like how and that how that also your work you know affects the perception of A&T and how the new things that A&T tries and new things that the band does and new things that you challenge them with translates to the field and it translates to the performance it's, you know, I, I just look at it as um, somebody has to be the catalyst. You know, people love to say, oh, well, we did this first and we we were this and somebody stole this and da, 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 da. Well, nothing you did was original. You may have thought it was. Somebody said and they thought about an idea or something like that. And I'm not to say that it was not original. Right. I mean, get that together, but there has been things that have been done so many times by somebody that you have never seen that you knew that they do or you couldn't do. But people are inspired by people. But the thing about it is, it's not about what you did. It's about what you're doing. Mm. Facts. And a lot of people can do a lot of stuff. You sit on the toilet every day and take a dump. <laughs> I mean, you do. You sit there, you take a dump every day. But what what? What turd is going to get the reward of the other one? None of them, because nobody cares when you flush it. Mm. <laughs> and it's almost like when people say about potential, that's potential in a turd. Mm. So that word can be used at whatever way that you want to use it. And, and I say this to say that anybody creative, like you have inspiration that comes from different places. Mm-hmm. But mm. the thing about it is you take ideas, and you move them and you and you take those things, those concepts to the next level and you make them work for you. Right. And from that, I just, you know, I, I pay attention to a lot of things. But then I don't watch a lot of things. Like I'm even finding myself now 
turning back into a band hit again. <laughs> like I'm a person now. People are like, you watch these clips. I'm like, oh no, <laughs> like no, like no, I don't. But now, like, I mean, I will sit and I watch band clips, and I feel like a little giddy schoolgirl all over again, just gooing and gawing like at band clips now. I guess because when you take things for granted, like band season will never be here. Oh, right. it's gonna always be here, and then when it's not here, right? And then you get it, you enjoy it, and then now because I adjudicate band so much, it's hard for me to watch band from the for the enjoyment of it and not the adjudication mm-hmm. piece of it. And so now with that being turned off for a year and a half, I can enjoy band again. Mm-hmm. But I can always enjoy it, like right, even right. in but like that lens is just always on, and I'm just looking from a critical lens. But now I enjoy it. And so that's that's also spiking my creativity back up. Just just being able, and then now you got to be so creative right now because we're still in a whole pancake. <laughs> Absolutely, we're still in a whole. Please excuse my dear Aunt Sally. <laughs> and you know we're not moving every every week. We got a new Greek letter that has come out with a variant, mm-hmm. and we still have to find ways of being create um, creative while all of this is going on, keeping kids safe and stuff like that, and um, being able to move. And I'm blessed to say that, you know, we made it through camp, being creative, being able to move with no COVID scares, none of that. So being able to function. Mm-hmm. And so still having to be be creative and still keeping the kids safe and all of that stuff and and do all of those things. And even being able to achieve the level of what we achieved drill-wise with all of this stuff that's going on. And then, you know, to one, it could really damper your creativity, but it just makes me think like, hey, how am I going to get this done? Right. How can I get this part done? So, I mean, it's just being more optimistic. I mean, I have my days where I'm just like, damn, am I really over it in my head? But every day I just look at it as a new challenge. I'm like, okay, how are we going to conquer this? Mm. Mm. That's real. It just keeps me, keeps me moving. That's real. That's real. So speaking of moving on some things, the final two questions are, what's something you've wanted to create but haven't yet? And what's stopping you from doing it? So I'm always thinking, always thinking, and always always plotting and always creating things. I think I'm not going to get into what exactly it is Mm -hmm. because that's just blow my cover on things. (laughs) Not really, not that I care. But um, there's limits that I always want to push. But then there's always the thing in the back of my mind because I take it a step further. I could have always been this great course style drill writer and put a whole bunch of time in learning, really learning the tricks of trade. Because when I started, that's what I was doing. But then I really got drawn into the traditional um, HBCU style things of how we drew. And I started wanting to become more innovative in what we do with ideas, pushing the envelope and doing things. Well, I want to push it even further, but sometimes in the back of my mind, that doubt is like, well, this is HBCU. Would you do that? Mm. Uh, They don't, nobody's never done this and nobody's going to do this. So what if they say this? But now I'm just to the point I don't give a damn. (laughs) So... Um, I'm not going to say like what you're going to see like after a while because I'm starting to get more risky and put that stuff out there. It's like I'm not holding, I'm not taking no like, like no nothing. Like it's going out. It's just my, my whole mantra, my whole motto. 
because now if you would have asked me this question 15, 16 years ago, I could have gave you a totally different answer about, oh, what do you want to create that mm. you haven't created yet? Or you know, what's stopping you? I could have gave you a whole damn hour spill on that. <laughs> but I'm blessed to say that I'm being able to create things that I like to create. But you can ask me that question next month and it, I have a different answer because I'm always waiting on the next thing. And when it sparks me, I put it down on paper. So I always like, if I have a creation, I put it down on paper and it finds its way into the most randomest of things. Mm-hmm. I'm just really trying to get a group to that level to facilitate a lot of that stuff. Because mm-hmm. one thing about drill writing and even in the core style world, they spend a lot of time on marching technique, just like they do musical technique. But in our craft, we don't spend a lot of time on marching technique. We five, six, seven, eight at the death at band camp. And then after that, it's like you roll and you got to learn a drill. When in naturality, you have to march every day to achieve those things. That's how drum corps are able to do those drills at fast velocities and move and do all the different stuff because of the training and the technique that goes into it and it's reinforced every day. But mm-hmm. we have to have that same reinforcement. But we also kind of live in a world in that particular craft where people stay sheltered in ideas and don't really want to move and elevate. Mm-hmm. Because I can go back, you marched in the first drill that I did at ANT. Mm-hmm. so and that was 16 years ago and i look now at i look at that stuff and cringe but <laughs> i have to own it because at that time you know i was 20 years old and getting a shot as a drill designer for a collegiate band at 20 mm. or at that time people that was writing drills for bands were in their 50s 60s 70s didn't have nobody my age that was doing that at that time at 20 that's right so to grow to where i wanted to and i laugh now because i remember you know i told my vendor to ask me one time who do you think you're writing drill for we don't do that here and then i look at what we do now and i said well i look at that i said what are we doing now that was you then and this is you now so i I had to learn a lot i was very ambitious and wanted to do a lot of things and and at that time we were just ready not we were not ready to now we could do whatever because people are going to laugh and talk shit about it and then they'll be doing it next Mm. so Mm. (laughs) not just probably so short like this long man i'm coming here on a turn to a podcast up (laughs) i'm sorry you can censor that And that's that's dope. Like, like I mean, when you're ahead of the curve, you got to deal with that sometimes. Where it's like, oh, we don't, we don't do that here. But if, but, well, you could do that here because a lot of people limit themselves and limit their creativity just based on what you've done. Like you said earlier, it's like it's not about what you've done. What are you doing? So what are you doing? What are you, what doing, are you doing right doing? now? We've yeah, never done doing? that. Cool. Okay. We have never done that, but everything has a first time. And people love that statement. Like, well, well, we did. <laughs> well, back in 1979, we did. Well, okay, that's great that you're talking about what you did in 2005. What is your band doing now? What are you all doing now? What's what's happening right now? People don't like to talk about the right now. Yeah, they don't, they don't, they don't like that. They don't like that. Yeah, they, so they don't like that. And so, I mean, you know, I just try not to stifle my creativity, mm. and um, I try to find new ways to be creative. Um, I will say that the pandemic 
has definitely re-stimulated me, my mm. mind, purpose. I had to rediscover my why. Mm. Um, because I was ready to throw in the towel. And mm. I just felt like at that point, I just felt like I'm not creative anymore. And it was like, it really brought on the anxiety for a while. Mm. Because as a creative, we're people, we're very precious about our work, but we're very critical about what we do. Absolutely. And so when everybody else praised what we do, we could think it's the most absolute piece of garbage, trash. Everybody was like, man, that's dope. Da da da. You just like, what? This is trash. <laughs> and stuff like that. And so I mean, like, um, I'm gonna always be very critical of what I do because I will say that I will have I I have been blessed. Obviously, that's number one. I've been blessed to be in the positions that I've been in, to be where I am in life um, and doing the things that I'm doing. But um, I have been blessed to say that for the 20 years I've been writing Drill 18 specifically professionally, I've never went to anyone to say, hey, can I write Drill for you? It's always been a, hey, can you write Drill for me? Mm-hmm. Hey, I thought you did this for this high school or this da-da-da-da-da. It's always been word of mouth too, or somebody told somebody about me, and I've operated on that. And I've all, I've always lived by the motto and the mantra of over deliver. Mm. Mm. I don't under I don't over promise you anything. I'm an over deliver. I'm like okay da 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 da, and then we need to dumb it down. We go there, mm. and I want to make sure that you got your money's worth because you're gonna pay me for my time. Mm. People don't understand it either, but that's a whole nother podcast, okay? Oh yeah, that's yeah, yeah, yeah. That's a whole that's a whole topic right there. But another topic because everybody wants that homeboy hookup and stuff like that. <laughs> I run a business. I run a whole business, okay? <laughs> business. Just like you tell me now, if I need something from you, I need to do it through your website and the entry. Don't call me, tell me about it. I got a whole website. Fill out the form. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, you you preaching. You preaching on this podcast. Man, Gary, I appreciate you coming on here. This has been this has been delightful. And I just want you to let the people know where they can find you, what projects you can work on. Like just let the people know. Well, you can find me. Um, first of all, again, I'm Gary M. Bryant, and I am the owner and creative director at the Spilled, and that's S-P-I-E-L-D. That is uh, like taking, you spilling something, spilling the tea. People always want to say, you know, you spilled the tea, but this is spilling all things with marching art. So it's like spilled, putting all that together, like spilling the tea, but spilled in the football field. So S-P-I-E-L-D. You can find me on Instagram at The Spilled. Uh, Find out all the things that I'm doing there. Um, You also find me on social media at The Spilled. Um, projects that I'm working on right now. Well, you know, we're in March season for a long, as long as it allow us to be here. And so while we're here, I'm just creating the things as I create them and um, and just stay on the lookout. Uh, do have a website that's in development. The handle is thespill.com, uh, but you won't find anything right now, but it's being built as we speak. And I'm getting ready to talk to creative Bobby about doing some things for me. <laughs> All right. There's website and do, but yes, that's how you can find me. 
Sounds good. That sounds good. Thank you for that. And ladies and gentlemen, thank you for listening to this episode of Run the Layers. Be sure to share and leave five-star review. And remember, as you go along in life, teach as you learn and inspire as you do. I will see y'all next time.